The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. First, just a little bit to review the way the metta practice works, or the, the form of the metta practice. It uses intention and thought to connect to the intention towards metta, the, the wish of care, of connection, of concern. Metta is um, um, the, the basic word that it comes from, the root word metta comes from, means friend. And so it's basically friendliness. And yet this friendliness, this unconstricted kind of care, connection, concern, often in our relationships with people, we have um, a kind of a give and take. It's like, well, I'll be connected with you if you'll be connected with me. Or I'll do good things for you if you do good things for me. I'll like you if you like me. We kind of hold ourselves back a little bit. And the feeling that is pointed to by this quality of metta is an unconditional care. So not demanding or requiring or requesting anything in return. It's just that wish, may you be happy. May you have health and ease in your life. And the the practice uses this, I I, I said this earlier in the guided meditation, and I just came up with this analogy this morning as I was leaving my house, this idea of what the metta practice is, is kind of like opening a closet and seeing what's in there. You know, maybe it's a closet you haven't been in for a while. And and so this practice isn't so much about trying to feel the feeling as it is exploring that part of your mind. Maybe you haven't gone into that closet in a while. And we explore that closet through um, bringing particular beings into mind. We explore the relationship, this particular relationships we have through this lens of connecting with them with care and concern. Seeing what it means to actually express that wish. To um, say to them, may you be happy understand the meaning of that, and then see. You know, the, the, the exploration looking in the closet is, is kind of like saying that phrase and then seeing how it lands. How it lands, how we feel there, is kind of what's in the closet. It, it may be um, a, a constricted feeling. It might feel like there's not much going on. Or it might feel a little bit of kind of a sense of, oh yeah, that's nice. I, I, I wish that person ease. So the process of wishing them well begins to reveal essentially um, what might be in the way of that unconditional well-wishing. This is how the practice works. This is not a mistake. And so if you feel constriction, if you feel not much happening, that is basically what your closet looks like. And so we, can, we, we essentially start cleaning out the closet here. We, we notice what's there. The first thing is to see what's there. 
And it's not that we actively like go and say, well, that's a bad thing. Let me throw that out. But the, the, the closet becomes more spacious through noticing what's in there and allowing it to be there. It's kind of like the, the space gets built or, or, or held through allowing our hearts to hold those relationships, those senses of, hmm, yeah, well, that person did that thing, or what about that? And so the first thing really is to see can the heart hold both that we wish the person well and that these things are there. And so I, I actively encourage that with the, the dear friend. It's like, yeah, there may be things coming up, but can you hold that you do wish this person well and feel those, those feelings? So in the process of exploring the closet, um, there's two um, particular things that are highlighted that may come up. And these are often called the near and the far enemies of metta. The near enemy is a feeling or a connection or a sense of um, um, love that is similar to metta, kind of masquerades as metta or, or may seem like metta, but does have some of that requiring something in return. It's not unconditional. Or it's got some greed in it. It's got some clinging to it. It's attached. It, it's, it's not unconditional in the sense that, you know, if something were to happen to that person or if something were to happen that... that, that um, um, you know, the clinging, the attachment, there would be a, um, uh, a kind of a, a non-acceptance of reality. Not that there wouldn't be pain or um, sorrow or sadness if something were to happen that, to that person, because those are, that to me, the feeling of sadness can be very pure. Um, and it can just feel like it's flowing through. It doesn't feel like it's sticking anywhere. But there are feelings, um, um, certain kinds of grief that have a kind of a denial in them. You know, it's like, no, this is not okay. And so the, the feeling of connection, you know, if somebody that you love gets really ill, for instance, you know, that feeling of... Um, uh, it's not okay that that happened. That, that it, I mean, it, it is happening. So um, the, the, uh, the recognition of it happening and having the heart still be kind of okay with that, the, the heart still be open and caring and connected, still able to wish, you know, may you be healthy without a sense of, of uh, contradiction in there. And so the, the, um, the, the near enemy to metta is, is a kind of an attached love, uh, a, um, a, a, a love that has kind of conditions to it. And so we may feel that sometimes. And that's, you know, again, it's okay. Whatever comes up is okay. It's, it's like, okay, well, that's there. And can I connect to the wish May you be happy. May you be healthy. With holding the, the aspiration towards that unconditional connection, care, and concern. 
And then the far enemy is something that you're not going to mistake for metta. It's going to look like hatred, anger, jealousy, rage, frustration, irritation. It can be subtle. But it's got the quality of, it's not okay that you did that thing. And my good opinion, my love is dependent on you're not doing those things. So those feelings can well come up. As, you know, so, so you may be in reflecting. Fear is also another one that, that can come up. If fear, you know, in, in well-wishing, this, this um, maybe has a slightly different flavor. You know, in wishing, may you be safe. The feeling of fear might come up of what if this happens to them? What if this kind of thing happens to them? You know, the fear may arise. And again, it's not, it's not that we're trying to get rid of the fear, deny the fear, ignore the fear. We are seeing what happens as we wish beings well, wish them safe, wish them happy, wish them healthy. And so the, the fear can come up in, in what might happen to that person. Anger, irritation might come up in, in um, ways that they have harmed you, especially around a dear friend. As we bring a dear friend in, you know, with, the, with the easy being, the reason we start with the easy being is because it's less complicated. We don't have as much, perhaps, vulnerability with the easy being in some ways. There's more of a sense of uh, a simple relationship. And so those difficulties don't, don't pop, may not pop up as much with the easy being. With the dear friend, there's much more, there's often a lot more relationship for the mind to go to. And, you know, we're bringing the friend into our mind and the associative nature of our mind, the mind is going to pull in all kinds of things. It's not going to, so you're looking in the closet of that friend, essentially. You know, it's like there's all kinds of stuff in there. And, and because of the associative nature of our minds, the, our minds are going to pull all, that, all of that stuff in. And we're not trying to, to, to deny anything. But what we're exploring is that possibility. Okay, so the, that happened. The, the wish for well-being is not, is, is looking at can I wish the being well, not do I have to approve of all of their actions. So that's an important thing to distinguish, especially as we move more towards, as we go in this process, we start where it's easiest with benefactor, self, dear friend. Um, I'll talk in a little bit about bringing neutral person in um, um, if we have some time for that. Um, and then we actually move to difficult people. You know, people with whom we have active struggle and try to wish them well as well. Because we are, we are exploring the possibility of having our hearts open to the beings that they are acting out of their conditioned patterns and natures. So just recognizing the humanness of all of us and being in this world. So trying to keep the, our hearts open to the being doesn't mean that we are condoning any actions. 
and so whole, and and yet we don't want to cover over or deny that certain actions that may have caused harm um, or pain or uh, um, difficulty may have happened. But can we keep our heart open while we hold that? While we while we recognize, yes, that happened, and I wish you well. It is possible for our hearts to do this, to neither deny what has happened and to uh, hold this well-wishing. Another, another thing that some, can sometimes come up, particularly with the dear friend, is jealousy. When, when something comes up in our minds about some success they've had, you know, the idea that, oh, well, why, why, you know... They're so they're so happy. You know, this was this was a big one for me. Is in wishing somebody else happiness, I felt like I was not wishing myself happiness. It was almost like wishing them well meant I was wishing myself less well, because it felt like and and some of our sense of happiness. Uh, does have to do with kind of conventional notions of happiness that have to do with material things, and you know, if 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 you and a dear friend are are um, you know going for the same job, only one of you can get the job, you know, and so there's the sense of that these commodities of happiness are limited, and there's it's a zero sum game. If somebody else gets it, I don't get it. And so our usual way of thinking about happiness often um, has this idea in it that happiness is a zero-sum game. And so jealousy can be um, you know, a, a, a sticky thing for us in wishing other, you know, especially dear friends, well. Or neutral people, you know, wishing that neutral people be <clears throat> have, have happiness. That that... A sense of there's less happiness to go around for me. Well, this begins to really open our hearts to a completely different kind of happiness that isn't reliant on material goods or um, things in the world. You know, not our usual way of thinking of happiness is getting things, having having pleasant things, having money, having a house, having a job, you know, it's like, this is our conventional way of thinking about what it means to be happy. And the practice of well-wishing, actually, this was really a, 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 a huge revelation to me at one point. Um, I was exploring through um, using the metta practice, um, a relationship that was a kind of an unrequited love relationship. So this person didn't return the feelings that I had for them. Um, and yet I was still expressing the wish, you know, may you be happy. And, and I was, there was a struggle. This was another form of, of kind of the struggle um, that can happen with metta, is wishing somebody well who didn't return the feelings that I had for them. Um, there was a sense that it was inappropriate to have those feelings. 
So connecting to the, to, the, to the feeling of care and connection and love that I had for that person, because it wasn't returned, I felt like this, this feels wrong. I'm not supposed to feel this way about this person. And so I, I noticed there, there was some fear about feeling those things. And I, I connected to that. It's like, oh, well, okay, well, there's fear there. And then there was, a, you know, there was kind of the, the recognition in just seeing it and allowing the fear. There was a kind of like, what, what, what is there to be afraid of really in feeling these feelings? I feel these feelings. And so, maybe, yeah, maybe I can just wish him well. And when the fear fell away, there was just a, a very strong wish that this person have happiness in their life without anything needed for me to have anything from them. And that feeling of wishing them well. And this was, this was not like, you know, the, this wasn't like the major, like, um, you know, radiating metta for all beings, like abundant, exalted, immeasurable metta. But it was, it was, it was pure well-wishing for this person. And so that, it was clear that there was just that wish. Yeah, I hope you're happy. I hope you find love in your life. I hope you have goodness happen in your life. And that feeling was so, um, powerful. That the, the recognition the recognition there, and, and it, it was, I wouldn't exactly call it happiness, but it just felt so full and so um, connecting. The, the, the heart felt in that moment, this is the feeling that I've been looking for. I thought it needed to come from somebody else that feeling of well-wishing, of care, of love going outwards. It was not, it didn't like it start here and go out from some boundary around me. It started in the middle, radiated through me and went outwards. And that feeling was a different kind of happiness. That moment, that's, that's one moment. I mean, I have, there's, there's some number, you know, maybe half a dozen moments of my last 25 years of practice that have deeply transformed my life. That's one of them. Because I realized in that moment that I had been looking in the wrong place for happiness. Deeply understood the possibility of happiness in a completely different way. And so that, that notion of happiness as being somehow dependent on getting something from others or, or dependent on this transactional thing. This practice of metta can begin through just, again, and that, was, that exploration was through looking at that closet of the fear and the, the confusion and the hurt of not having the person return the feelings, you know, just the, the allowing it to be there created the conditions for this understanding. And so these, these near and far enemies aren't to be feared. 
they can be explored and opened to. So I think I want to stop there and see what are your thoughts about well, what happened for you in the metta practice, any questions about what happened, comments about this practice for you, anything about anything. Did anybody notice differences between the various people in the in the metta practice? Differences in your experience there? Yeah, some nodding. Um, a cu- a couple things. The. I found the part about the near enemy interesting and um and how if if we have a f- friend or someone we're close to and it's you know it's not all pure love and generosity toward occasionally you know there's something that comes up some little piece that maybe we're a little envious of yeah which um I guess this just, by the way, I guess for me, when when they're happy, <clears throat> I'm generally happy, but the times when I'm not or a little bit jealous is because that happiness has involved other things in their life that left less time for me. Uh-huh. Um, and so that that is, again, you know, wanting something back from yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so one of my people... Um, yeah, I guess I have a. I had a teeny bit of that, so I didn't want to use her at first. It's like she came to mind, so I chose someone who I have a more simple relationship with. But this other person still wanted to come in. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, but it seemed like I was able to do what you said, where you kind of hold that, like yes, that's so, but it's not, you know, the big picture, and that I could still wish um, her everything. Yeah, you know. Um, that 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 to me is is really uh, I mean that's actually the first time I've expressed it that way in a guided meditation is like let, let it be there and 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 you know see if you can hold both and for me as I was bringing my my dear friend to mind there was some things that came up and and there was a kind of a sense of oh yeah both are true you know and that that actually made my heart relax to, to have that, you know, it's like both are true, and that that relaxed heart then can then hold. I mean that that's that's a kind of in a way it's a kind of an allowing of our own response, which is a metaphor ourselves. Yes, you know that 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 allowing, you know the allowing all of that messiness to be there. You know the, that quality of saying, yeah, that's there. That is a form of acceptance, which is a part of metta. So, I mean, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, that, that the holding of both, it creates a bigger container in which we're actually cultivating metta for ourselves in that time. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I'm noticing that more. I, th- I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, and especially the word, the, the safe part, may you be safe or, or may I be safe, um, and may I feel safe. There are times when I am perfectly safe, probably, but I don't always feel mm-hmm, safe. Mm-hmm. 
but um, also, yeah, it's just it's a kind of a strong reaction, and um, what, what is the reaction to save? It oh, also, okay. Uh-huh. It seems like. Um, and also, like, my response of almost tears, it's it's different than it used to be. Like, tears used to always be kind of sadness or pain. And now it seems like there's this whole mix of um, almost gratitude that, that I'm not in un- seriously unsafe positions anymore. And I used to put myself in very unsafe positions. So there's it's almost like this big mix of relief and and gratitude and probably more love for myself mm. and um and desires that other people have that feeling i th- i think they do for the most part although one probably doesn't yeah so it was like this big mix yeah. and i think it's like love i'm not totally sure but it seemed more like like love and compassion for the times i haven't done that and and gratitude that i'm doing it much more now and that a feeling i deserve that yeah, that's beautiful, and and I think y- you're right. I mean, tears can come from gratitude. It's, it's it, yeah, it's beautiful to to have that recognition of, oh yeah, I do wish this, and I am so much more in this situation. Um, you said something that I wanted to to highlight. Um, you know that as th- you feel that for yourself, I think you said this. As you feel this for yourself, there's kind of this. It's easier. It's natural to want. To have other people feel that. Is, did you say that? You definitely need to notice, too, when they might not. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, to me, was a, a, a big one. Is like when I began to feel, genuinely feel for myself, yeah, I do feel this wish that I be safe and happy and healthy. And, and in fact, actually, it, it, there was one particular time I was doing metta practice in Burma, and it came up very strongly that, wow, I am really happy and healthy and safe in this situation right now. And I, you know, it's like the, it was, it was the, not only the wish, but the expression of those wishes happening in that moment. And in that moment, it's like, yeah, of course I want everybody to feel this way. It was just like, no, no. It's like, you know, it's just like, yes, this is something that may all beings share. So I think when, the more we touch into that for ourselves, the, more, the, the easier it is to wish for others. And this, this points out the a kind of an image that's sometimes used for metta practice that... You know, wherever it's easiest, we start there. So, you know, it was not easiest for me to start for myself. Absolutely. I definitely had to dance around myself for a long time. You know, finding, you know, doing it for other beings, um, send, having other beings send it to me, that was a, a real helpful one. Um, um, and, and, and yet, at a certain point, it did, it did become possible. And, and, and the, the um, image is that Wherever it's easiest, we start there, and that begins to connect us with this quality, maybe, a little bit of the feeling of sharing, of caring. And as we feel that in the easy places, then that feeling can begin to overflow. So it's like, it's like pools of water. Um, I have this image from Hawaii. I visited the seven pools in Hana at one point. And, and there's these this waterfalls that, you know, the pools just flow from one down to another, down to another, down to another. And that's the image um, that as the first pool fills up, it overflows and then spills down and fills up the next pool. 
and then fills up the next pool. And so we start where it's easiest, kind of fill up the pool of love, and then it begins to overflow into the next pool, and then to the next pool, and to the next pool. And so the the possibility of um, connecting with where it's easiest. And once I got to the place where I could wish that for myself, just unconditionally wish, yes, I do. I wish myself to be well and safe and happy and peaceful. Um, Then it becomes much more natural to uh, wish it for others. When it doesn't have that conditional conditionality for ourselves, well, I'll wish myself happy if I'd stop doing all these stupid things, you know? So we're so judgmental about ourselves. So, or, or, you know, to feel like we deserve that, that happiness, that, that well-being. Some, for somehow in the, in the West, this is a, it's like a, um, a very, common widespread phenomenon that we feel unworthy of our own love so that is something in particular and 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 this is a a famous story uh, the dalai lama when he first heard i guess this is this is a story told from um ims when the dalai lama visited ims and somebody asked a question about self-hatred and um, the Dalai Lama had to stop and talk to his translator for a little while, you know, because he didn't understand, apparently didn't quite understand what that meant, that, that it was kind of foreign to him, this idea that one would not wish oneself well. And, uh, and he basically, you know, his response to the person was, just, it's not true, you are worthy of love and the buddha said you can search the entire universe for somebody more worthy of love than yourself and you will not find them we are all worthy of love so other other comments questions shares Um, I really liked uh, your guide uh, in terms of like when there's a kind of other feelings like jealousy or fear. Uh, I can also hold that feeling. I think that really talked to me. <laughs> I think um, whenever I was practicing metta, I even though there's a like teaching says like this is intention not creating the feeling but I think that there's kind of part of me kind of still want to experience that you know sometimes I oh this feels really good to have like a meta right now I, I get and I think I kind of remember that moment and I kind of want to achieve that you compare this feeling yeah. with that yeah and I and as I was listening your guide oh of course I like I'm not Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa, <laughs> of course, it is natural to have this mixed feelings to my friends and my like every everybody around me. Like, so that's I think that really resonated with me. Yeah, and and I guess. Um, when 
so actually um, a few days ago, um, I was trying to practice metta and then I just couldn't even resonate with easy beings. It seemed that even my dog, when you ate the cookie when I was out, <laughs> so I cannot really feel like nice to you right now. <sighs> so it's, it felt just, wow, I cannot really get in touch with this feeling. And then it felt like the only thing that I can feel soft around was that um, um, elephant seals that we got to see a few weeks ago. We had visitors. And it's a, it was kind of pretty interesting for me to see, oh, that actually worked. That you could bring those yeah. the elephant seals yeah. to mind. Uh-huh. And, oh, okay. Oh, I'm great. Oh, I'm grateful that um, there's that because it is so easy to dissociate that kind of uh, elephant seal, that kind of beings with my daily lives. Uh huh. So, so I kind of brought that image today, and when you in when you suggested bring everybody together, it kind of uh, it was nice to imagine kind of. Uh, all my conflict beings, nice beings, imagining everybody together with me hanging out with, with the elephants. Yes, so that that was pretty. <laughs> That's lovely. So I, I kind of oh wow, this actually works way better than I thought. Uh huh. So. <laughs> so you know, yeah. and, and sometimes we do, I mean, I'm glad you found something that worked. And, and we, you know, the one thing about the meta practice, you know, you can be creative with it. Um, I actually, you know, uh, listening to Bhikkhu Analio talk about how he gets creative, um, he talks, he says, you know, where he often starts with the meta. he said, there's, there's these squirrels in, in Germany that have these big ears with tufts, and they're just so cute. And he said, that's where I start. I start thinking about the squirrels. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's like, be creative. Um, you're welcome to bring in other beings. And you don't have to, like, think of it as a lockstep, go from one to another. Um, you're welcome to shift. And I, I kind of at one point alluded to that. You know, you're welcome to, like, go back to your easy being and then, like, slip yourself in every now and then and see. You know, that I found that useful sometimes that I could be, you know, it's be like I could, I could offer the easy being and then every now and then, oh, and then may I be happy. And then it would actually land in a way. So y- you can be creative. And especially in doing the metta practice in daily life, Um, bringing in other beings, other situations, using imagery can be really helpful. Yeah. Thanks. I had some other thoughts. Kind of went through when I was responding to you and I can't remember them now let me think um um yeah you mentioned you mentioned you know looking for the feeling and it you know it is it is about at least for me, the thing that really the metta practice is about is seeing how the phrases land. 
that expressing the phrase is about the intention. It's connecting to, uh, you know, the thought of goodwill, which expresses an underlying uh, intention or direction of goodwill. Um, and you may not feel the feeling there. You know, the, 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 but, but the, so the practice for me really is about seeing, okay, what's here? And just being completely honest about that. Not trying to construct the feeling or, or um, um, deny what you are feeling. So continuing just to connect with that intention It, it has an effect. Um, you know, it's kind of like softening the heart in some way, just connecting to the intention, even if you don't feel the feeling. Um, and yet, for me, the, the feeling of connecting to, okay, how does it land? Sometimes I could feel a, a little shift in the direction of metta. Sometimes it would just feel like constriction. But just 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 feeling how it is, that's... That's really how the practice unfolds. And there will be differences at different times. The conditions, the conditions of our lives in a particular moment, like, you know, your dog ate the cookie, so <laughs> that affects, affects things for you. Um, so in this moment, not able to feel it, but what, what's there, you know? Okay, well, there's that, that resentment or that, you know, frustration that's there. And can you say the wish? You know, just... Say the words, know the meaning. Not having to feel the feeling when you make the wish. That, that for me, I mean, when I did metta practice, I did metta practice for a whole month at Spirit Rock on a month-long retreat once. All day long. Every time, you know, I, of course, I, my mind wandered off, got lost and thought. But all day long, I did it all, all day long. And there were definitely times that it was dry when it just felt like I was kind of going through the motions. And when that, it felt that way, and it can get that way. It can get kind of just rote. It can just be like you're just saying the words in your mind, almost like a mantra, without even knowing what you're saying. If that's happening, that is not actually connecting to the metta practice. But um, if it gets dry, you can just simply, you know, say the phrase and know what it means. Connect to the meaning of the phrase. That, for me, was a place where it could kind of begin again when it got really dry. It's like, okay, yep, it's dry right now. I cannot feel a thing in terms of metta, but I can say this phrase, may I be happy, and know what it means. Feel the area of the heart? Yep, not much. Okay, may I be healthy. And then over time, beginning to feel subtle shifts. I told that story last week of just that each time I would drop that phrase in, I started from complete, actually, I started from misery. I started from misery, miserable. And then I would say that phrase, may I be happy? Nothing, not much. Okay, well, say the phrase, understand its meaning. I can do that. Just keep going and just checking in. How is it? Each time I dropped the, the phrase in, it was like, oh, there was something a little different. A little bit of loosening in that misery. Okay, the next one, the next one. And then at some point it began feeling like this little ember 
this little tiny ember of, of warmth. And each time I expressed the phrase, it was like blowing on that ember. And within about 30 minutes, my mood had completely shifted. And I was happy. Misery was gone. Through just that simple commitment to, well, I'm going to say the phrase and understand the meaning. That had been emphasized in, in, my, in my instructions, you know. You don't have to feel the feeling, but know the meaning of what you're saying. That meaning is what connects to the intention. The words themselves, if you're just, you know, saying the words, they, they may not connect to that meaning. The other thing that... Um, You know, this is a this is um this is kind of coming at the meta from another side actually. Um, when I was I was in a situation when I I felt a lot of fear. And um you know the, sometimes the the meta is said to be an antidote to some uh, to anger to certain unwholesome states of mind that you can bring the metta practice in as an antidote. That has been um, not easy for me to use metta as an antidote. It has kind of felt like it was denying or repressing the feeling. But there was one time um, when I was in a situation where I felt a lot of fear. It was, it was just following the September 11th attacks. Uh, and I was flying home from my parents' house, and I flew through Houston. And had the, my plane was delayed, so I had an overnight. My, I didn't get in to get the flight to California in time, and so I had to stay overnight at the airport. And I got a room in a hotel. And in the middle of the night, um, I was still awake when this happened, but it, um, the power went out, and I looked out, and it was like it was not just a local power outage. It looked like the entire city, what I could see, the power was out. And because of the context, you know, September 11th attacks had just happened. I was at George Bush International Airport, which I thought seemed like a very, you know, symbolic place for another terrorist attack. And that's where my mind went. It went to some kind of terrorist attack. Huge fear arose. And... um I kind of grabbed the lifeline of metta in that, in that moment. I began wishing, may all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. That eased the fear a little bit. And then the fear would come back and I would wish the metta. And what happened in this kind of alternation between feeling that fear and making that wish, and it was just to all beings. I didn't try doing it for myself. I was like, may all beings be happy. At some point I was like, yes, that is what I wish. I wish that all beings may be safe here. So the, there was a, a real um, a recognition, actually, that the wish, may all beings be safe, was kind of underlying the whole, um, the whole pattern of fear. There was a connection between the fear and this wish, may all beings be safe, and the sense of it being conditional, that I can only wish may all beings be safe if they can all be safe. And there was a sense of that's not possible. And yet, and yet when I could connect to that wish, yes, I do wish all beings be safe. The fear 
was gone. And so it really pointed out to me this connection between our wish for well-being, you know, this un- deep underlying wish for our, our health, our happiness, safety and well-being for ourselves, for all beings, and our struggles, our, our, um, uh, the ways that we suffer. Because I, I saw that the, the fear was a kind of a tangle around that wish for safety. It was, it was a wish for safety that was conditional. And yet the wish for safety was there. And it was almost like, it was almost like my mind was saying, it's, it's not valid that wish for safety if people aren't safe. But that's not the way our heart works. And the wish is valid no matter what. And when we can connect to that wish, there is something very healing about that. Connect, it's like holding the two things of, yeah, my friend did that and I wish them well. It's like, yeah, I wish that all beings be safe. And there's this danger happening right now. But the holding of that wish, when I could hold that wish without kind of constriction, the fear was not so operative. And there could be much more capacity for doing what needed to happen, taking care. Nothing happened. Obviously, I'm sitting here. But um, anyway, I just, I just wanted to bring in how this connection to the wish for well-being I think this is part, partly why we have so many struggles. M- much of our way, the ways that we suffer, the, the, the ways that we get caught, the greed, the aversion, the delusion, is often related to a kind of a, a confusion about these, these wishes of metta. And the wishes of metta kind of bump up against things being impermanent and unreliable and uncontrollable. And that, that tangle happens. And so if we, but if we can connect back to that thread of, of like, yeah, I do wish safety, happiness, health. Sometimes that can help to untangle some of those tangles. So it's time to stop. Thank you. And we'll continue um, an exploration of metta a little more. When I get back from retreat, I'm away next week, but I'll be back the following week, and um, Ying will be here next Tuesday morning.